Welcome back to the In-Laws Podcast. I'm Sophia. And I'm Brianne. We're two law students that created this podcast to talk about law school, law talk, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the In-Laws Pod and at Sophinlaw and at Brianne-in-Law, which are our school Instagrams. This week's episode, we will be discussing how and why gatekeeping may affect the accuracy of law school and the legal field in media. This is about to be a doozy because I know TikTok loves all of the tropes of these shows. So we're going to get into it. <laughs> okay, so we def- we have a few different shows and movies to talk about. First, can we talk about why TikTok does have such an obsession with these shows? In my opinion, it's because so much of the audience has literally never been involved in the legal field at all. I would agree. Because I think as soon as you get any experience in law school or working in the law, the fascination with these shows fades. Like, I don't know anyone in law school who genuinely is still watching these shows. Me neither. I also think they really hype up what law school and the legal field are like. And in a way, it's like a lot more boring than you think it's going to be because of the shows. I think genuinely my first TikTok was talking about how like the media representation and social media representation of lawyers, the most inaccurate part of it was that this is, it's just really boring, Mm -hmm. really boring. It's really just another job. And I think that's what people don't realize because it is one of those careers where people are like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer. Like it's amazing. All these amazing things. And while yes, you do. You can do amazing things when you're an attorney. The legal field as a whole is just like not really that exciting or necessarily drama filled. Like it's just not the way that it's represented at all. Yeah. Law schools are drama filled though. Yeah. (laughs) Because if we were really going to make like a law school series, a law school movie, it should not be about law school it should not be illegally blonde it should not be a how to get away with murder it should be degrassi yeah (laughs) (laughs) like the shit that happens at my law school i i can't keep up with the plot lines anymore it's too confusing there's so much going on yes yes and there's so many like smaller groups that will happen but they all kind of like are connected and get infiltrated and it's it's literally like a giant web of gossip Oh, yeah. Let's start with everyone's absolute favorite, Legally Blonde. Yeah, I've talked I've talked about this a few times because personally, I just like don't get it. And I mean, I, I watched the movie as like a young teenager. So I was like, oh, this is like cool and cute or whatever. But nowhere in my head did I really think like, oh, this is what law school is like. This is what like becoming a lawyer is like. This is the experience you get. And I especially remember like actually getting to law school and just feeling like (laughs) I kind of got lied to because I was like, how is Elle Woods up in the court like solving this shit? Like, how was she allowed to like speak like that? (laughs) I was like, that would not fly. You could do that like in a fake like thing in class. But there's no way you would be a 1L up in front of the judge saying that like there's just no way no well I think that's actually looking back on it 
that is one of the biggest misrepresentations about law school in media like because it happens in legally blonde and it happens on how to get away with murder like mm-hmm. these professors are first of all taking very large active criminal cases never heard of that um and they're inviting one else to join them that also does not happen no <laughs> and then you can practice like what Elle Woods does in Legally Blonde, getting up in front of the court and speaking to the judge and actively representing a client, you can do that under the 3L practice rule, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not as a 1L. It's what right. I do every week in my externship. But like, that is, girl, you were like two months into law school. Literally. Went through none of the process to get like a student practice certificate, nothing. Just shows up. <laughs> Who needs a certificate? Who needs to go through the application? Who needs it when you're a rich white girl going to Harvard? Hello? That is super inaccurate. I also think that the general cattiness about law school and about like classes is not accurate at all. Like the whole inviting her to the party and telling her like it's a costume party and everyone's just so serious and like stuck up and snobby and bookish. It's like people in law school are not like that. Real people are messy. Like everybody's messy no matter like what your background is. Everybody's messy. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, people are not dressing like that. I think that's clear. If anything law talk has cleared that up that like we don't dress in suits to go to law school I agree. Um, but uh, we, we we talked about this on another episode like people are not refusing to give you outlines or hiding supplements in the library like shit like that just doesn't happen yeah i think it's a lot more collaborative than people want to make it out to be and i think that's part of the gatekeeping thing it's like unless you decide to go to law school, are in law school, or already an attorney, they want to make it so if you're not in this community, you know as little as possible, which once again makes it feel like a cult and like a weird exclusive club when it really doesn't need to be. No, it definitely doesn't need to be like this. And it's, I think it's also maybe like an intimidation factor like we want everyone to think that we've gone through so much more than we really have Mm -hmm. I always kind of laugh when people say like oh law school is so much harder than med school because to me like it just very clearly is not I agree (laughs) it is very different (laughs) no different worlds I'll give it to to med schools a lot of med schools do use pass-fail systems at this point awesome. I think law school should implement that as well. I don't think it's conducive to like great learning for law students to be pitted against each other on a curve. Um, But I don't know, like, it's not that serious. No, but they want it to be. They want the perception of law school to be so serious. And they want it to be on an equal level to medical school, which it really is not. Like, Somebody made a video about comparing the MCAT to the LSAT or something or like comparing med school to law school. And I was like, as someone who has taken both of those exams, I could tell you right now, it is not comparable in the slightest. Not at all. <laughs> not at fucking all. 
And to me, comparing them is just so ridiculous. It's just, it's not similar at all. It's just not even on the same planet, plane, nothing. Anyways, I don't think Legally Blonde is all bad. I think that it gives you like some good representation of law school in how like cold calling works particularly. I think that it's probably a good representation. I think that Mm -hmm. it can be a good representation of how study groups can be pretty exclusive. Um, And then I think, I think the reason Legally Blonde gets so much attention, especially on TikTok is like, let's, let's put some brain cells together and think about who the main TikTok creators are who are obsessed with Legally Blonde. They are, white women and let's think about like the criticisms legally blonde makes of the legal field it is very white feminism um so that's not like necessarily surprising to me i think legally blonde makes some good points about it i think that femininity in a way can be rejected in the legal field however i think femininity in a way can be required in the legal field if you are female presenting Um, there are just a lot of examples of, especially judges thinking that, you know, if an attorney is coming into my, if a female attorney is coming into my courtroom, they should be in a dress, they should be wearing heels. Um, they should, you know, have their hair and makeup done. There are those sorts of expectations set for women attorneys. And I don't think that Legally Blonde really strikes that balance very well. I'd agree. I think it goes like really far over into the femininity realm. And it kind of reminds me of this video that I saw, which I can't remember if the creator was an attorney or just somebody who was in like the corporate world. But she was making a lot of points about how she talks to people when they address her in a way that she doesn't like or feels like she's, I don't know, being looked down at in meetings Mm -hmm. and her responses to them. And it was a white woman who was making this video. And I was like, this might work for her, but the more identities you have that are further from a white man, the less these like tactics and things that she was using and phrases that she was using are going to work because the farther away you get, the less seriously you're already taken. So Mm -hmm. I was like, that might like bring you a little bit up, but then you're also like getting pushed back because of your identity. So I was like, so then it was like the other end where it was like I say all these things in response and they're like very harsh and cold and whatever and like like a man but they're not gonna work for everybody yeah I think it's this really shitty expectation in the legal field for women attorneys to have this balance of like masculinity and femininity that is just kind of almost impossible to achieve Um, You're expected to be, quote unquote, masculine in a lot of ways to earn the respect of male attorneys, but you are still supposed to play a feminine role, especially in a lot of the times like playing up subordinates, if that makes sense, in law firm culture, um, respect of people who are like higher than you, Um, but particularly in how you dress and in how you look. So to me, that's Legally Blonde has never made sense in acknowledging that. Yeah. 
I, and something I noticed this summer was I 100% got more compliments on my outfits at work when I was wearing a skirt or a dress. And I wore pants like almost every day. So it was very obvious on the days that I would like get compliments about my clothes and I would clock it and be like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting because I don't think I was, I don't think anyone ever said anything about what I was wearing. Dane. <laughs> I like I didn't even process that except like my you know my summer associate bestie Matt um but none of the attorneys were like saying anything about what I was wearing attorneys definitely did really I feel like that would make me uncomfortable most of the time it was female attorneys though I feel like maybe that's just based on like the firm that I was at because I mean, these people, it's in New York and they're making so much money and we have a really large fashion <laughs> practice. Like they were wearing, it was like a red bottoms every day type of firm. And like, I was, I was in my uh, Madden girl heels from Marshalls. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I do feel like I'd be like, Ugh, if anyone was commenting on what I was wearing but maybe that was my own that's my own insecurity of feeling like I wasn't dressing the part which mm -hmm. is you know it that's probably likely <laughs> <laughs> I was just like these are the clothes that I have these are the clothes that I'm gonna wear I know they're professional attire so <laughs> as long as you're hitting that professional uh, yeah. that's all that's all you really need mm -hmm. what is accurate about legally blonde is that people come in engaged. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's Everybody engaged. and their mother. <laughs> we can give them that. Everybody's married, engaged, or in very serious relationships in which they buy a home during law school if they plan on staying there. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. Let's move on to how to get away with murder. Ah, uh, yes. The most dramatic show of all fucking time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Disclaimer, I've only seen the first season of How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I have watched it all. I think I low-key binged everything except the last season. And then I binged the last season when it came out. Hmm. Wait, when did you watch it then? Like, what year? Like, a few years ago. Oh. Like, I think I watched it, I think I watched it all, like, besides the last season, maybe, like, a year or two before the last season came out, and then I watched the last season. So, I think this has a lot of the same faults that Legally Blonde does, in that it's just, like, a really inaccurate representation of the role a professor plays. Most professors are not still practicing attorneys. If you do have a professor that's a practicing attorney, they're an adjunct professor and adjunct professors never teach doctrinal 1L classes. Just that wouldn't happen. Even if it did happen, 1Ls would not be getting involved in. Also just even the perspective that she teaches the class from. Oh yeah. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> a criminal defense-minded criminal law course? <laughs> Absolutely never. not. Absolutely never. not. It's like, how does this crime fulfill the elements? Explain it to me. That's your exam. Right. My professor was a lifelong criminal defense attorney. Like he was never a prosecutor. 
And he was still teaching the class from that perspective. Mm -hmm. You like can't get away from it. And also just the fact that with the program that she was like running and shit and how they basically all became her law clerks. No, no. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's literally not going to happen. No, uh, I wish getting a law clerk position was that easy. Literally. What? <laughs> One thing I will say for it, though, is the students that were like the main characters did come from interesting backgrounds. Like it wasn't all everybody coming from very stereotypical, like wealthy family of lawyers type shit. Like there were some people who came from nothing and there were some people who were very wealthy. Interesting. So something I've noticed in a lot of media about law school is that it portrays it as very much a K through JD experience mm -hmm. is how to get away with murder the same. Um, I think, I don't think so. I think one of them like worked in politics. I think one of them had like a different career for a couple years. No, I don't think so. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it's definitely not like most, uh, I'm not going to say most of the people at my school, but a very large portion of the students at my school did not go straight through. I agree. I think our average age is like 24 for the like the 1L class. I don't have much else to say about how to get away with murder other than um, I thank it for, for giving us Wes as a character. He's very attractive. That's it. Yeah. R.I.P. Wes. Sorry, spoilers. Did he die? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Spoiler alert at the beginning. Of this Spoiler alert. <laughs> how, to get, how to get away with murder. Spoiler alerts. Um, yeah. I mean, most of it, most of the way like the school runs in that TV show is inaccurate. The way that the professor inaccurate miss keating <laughs> no no also all the lying all the crazy fucking shit like i mean obviously there's lying everywhere in every career but the way the way that that show works is not i've never heard of anything even remotely like that occurring and yeah. especially getting the students involved yeah these students are not passing character and fitness <laughs> they're not getting out <laughs> Well, pretty much just not accurate, except for maybe like the actual students themselves. Otherwise, everything about it is just like so far fetched, so far fetched. I I think I can almost appreciate that. Like, I don't think it's trying to be accurate to law schools. And I'd rather have a show that was like, we're not even we're not even trying to make this about law school. Like this is just the setting for mm -hmm. our mystery show. No, literally. I'm like, whenever they're randomly in class, I would be like, okay, like what's gonna happen next? What are we learning? The way, yeah, I, I will say that the way that professors ask questions in these movies and shows is so stupid. It's never like. It's never like, you know, what actually happens in a law school class is you move on to the next case. 
And then the professor says the case name and then says, Sophia, could you tell us a little bit about this case? That's yeah. Give me the facts. That's really like, it's not, you're not being questioned like no in this way that's pretty you will, like very rarely get like a quizzing opportunity like they're not trying to like check you for the terms they're not trying to like check you for that shit that kind of happened in contracts like a little bit but in every other class it's like explain this case and like why it came out this way if you're getting quizzed at all it's your professor throwing a hypothetical at you applying these facts to this case which is never resolving. Uh, I kind of hate when professors randomly throw a hypothetical at you, like in class. I'm it's like, like my whole evidence class. It's so irritating. My brain cannot focus on the case in front of me and this hypothetical at once. I'm <laughs> too stupid. I can't do that. Okay. Now to move on to every white man's favorite legal show. Suits. I know, like basically nothing about this show I gotta be honest this show I've seen a few episodes of it Meghan Markle is very pretty uh these people also should not be attorneys like they should be disbarred half the people in these things are just straight criminals like they're just criminals these are criminals like they should not be attorneys Uh, there's like somebody's lying and they're not actually an attorney and all I know is Harvey Specter, Harvey Specter, Harvey Specter. They want to suck his dick so bad. That's all I know. I mean, I think what it does get right is that like big law firms are overwhelmingly run by white men. Yep. Mm-hmm. What people should start doing is look at all of the partners at the firms you're interested in and like do the demographics. Tell me what it tells you. Do you... Do the firms you're looking at not have the diversity specifically for their partners? They will sometimes, but. I always think that's so interesting because most of big law firms like issues is they're not having an issue with getting diverse talent. They're having an issue keeping diverse talent because they treat diverse talent like shit. Like the diversity numbers overall for a law firm and the diversity numbers for partners are vastly different. Yeah. Anyways, no, I really, I don't, I don't have many thoughts on Suits at all because Suits to me is like what a white man fantasizes the legal field is like. It, it just feels like that genre of show that like everybody kind of tells me to watch but I'm never going to watch like Breaking Bad. Like, I'm just never going to watch that. I don't think like, I'm not going to sit down and be like, damn, I really want to watch TV. Let me watch Suits. I, you know what? I, I tried to watch it. I I think I watched a good part of the first season. And I just like, even when I watched it, which I think I was probably like a freshman or sophomore in college when I watched it, I was like, I had enough knowledge to know that this is not how law firms are run. This is not how like legal deals come through. Um, And I was like, "Mm." I don't, I don't really have any interest in watching shows that promote this image of lawyers that were constantly lying. (laughs) Like, I don't like that. 
I think it's overplayed. Anyways, I just pulled Suits Up on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And it actually has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? And one of these seasons, actually, four of the seasons have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Should I watch Suits? Fuck. Right. Because, okay, so the first season has a 76. That's in the range. Like, if anything's between, like, 65 and 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, I never watch it because it's, like, not good, but also not bad enough to be entertaining. Okay. So, like, that's what I thought of the first season. I was like, this is not great, but it's not bad enough for me to hate watch it. Okay. But it gets, like, the scores go high up. Should we watch Suits? <laughs> I think we might have to. Maybe we'll just have to do like little weekly updates. Maybe those will be like our filler posts on the podcast, like Insta. Because I'm always like, I need something to go between the episodes. So right. it'll be like our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to like Suits. Yeah. I feel like very anti-popular, like legal field content things. Maybe that's my own like aversion to popular things, but I'm just like. <clears throat> I think my issue with a lot of shows is that I don't, I won't go past the first season. If I like didn't like the first season, I won't go past it. However, um, most shows get better after the first season. <laughs> True. Once they like get picked up and they get mad money to do production. Next on our list is. Partner track. I, oh, God. This show pissed me off. Oh, it made me so mad. I cried at the last episode. I was so angry. <laughs> I just... So much of it is so bad. And before we even get into the analysis of, like, why this is not an accurate portrayal of law firms and the legal field... Do they have seventh graders writing this dialogue? Like, what? It's so bad. It feels like a like a scary fanfic, like a really poorly written fanfic. No, it feels like it. Yeah, no, it feels like a fanfiction. Okay, so right from I think the very start, we have woman attorney stepping out in a pink suit. Literally, first scene. Um, <laughs> That's that's how the media likes to portray women in law. That's I've never seen a female attorney IRL wearing a pink suit. Let me no. just say that. I've never seen a female attorney wearing a pink suit. Nope. I've seen a black, I've seen a navy, I've seen a gray, I've seen like a tan, a beige. Never pink. Never pink. It's not like female attorneys never wear pink, right? Like they'll wear a pink blouse or like a pink blazer. But the all pink fit. And this bitch is in New York. She's walking around New York in designer heels. No, even even the most the the best paid, the best dressed attorneys in New York, you're wearing like Chuck Taylors on the subway and you're changing into your heels once you get to work. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the first scene any issues from the jump also spoilers so if you haven't watched it yet <laughs> sorry sorry um second issue my second issue with it is that uh just very quickly into the episode the attorneys are 
publicly berating and yelling at paralegals. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a stereotype I've heard about law firms. Never seen it happen. I have never either. Like we, everybody at the firm that I work at or worked at respected the fuck out of all the paralegals, all of the legal assistants, like all, like everybody, like everybody was on equal ground. Like you would never catch anybody speaking like that like any of like the support staff. Yeah, I think there is a divide there. Like I think, I don't want to not acknowledge that because I think there Mm -hmm. can be a divide there and I think it's shitty and I think that it's something that we should be working on and making sure does not continue in the legal field. Um, And I didn't feel like I was in a position as a summer associate to be like, hey, like why are we not inviting Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody else <laughs> but uh definitely on the list for when i'm an attorney mm-hmm. i feel like that's a weird like corporate culture thing so it almost it definitely depends on the culture of the firm or the business or wherever you're working at if that's happening or not and if people are speaking up about it or not yeah even if there is that divide in like who is socially hanging out with each other outside of work. Everyone who works in a law firm knows that support staff is like the backbone of that law firm. Like they know everything. They know how to do everything. They're the ones who knows how to like file with courts. Like they just, they're a wealth of knowledge and Mm -hmm. experience. And I, I have not seen anyone look down on them ever yeah i agree what else about partner track um the way that they did the deals didn't make any sense to me like it was literally two like associates who were in their like what like fifth year or some shit that were like doing this whole deal basically by themselves what yeah <laughs> what I feel like there wasn't um there wasn't that like balance of staff on a case where like you'd have like a junior associate and a senior associate and a partner um because like some of the work they were doing definitely should have been handled by partners and some of the work that they were doing definitely should have been delegated to our first year <laughs> like yeah yeah like i mean what i learned and what i like saw in the firm was like you do a lot of the um what's the word i'm looking for the due diligence when you first begin, because they want you to like try all the things and get used to all the things and know what to look for. So I'm like, why are they having these people who are supposed to be negotiating? Why are they having the negotiators reading all this shit, looking for like one line? Like that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Right. Looking through like boxes and boxes like that would just, that would not, that would not fall to two senior associates who were like potentially up for partnership. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, like, like, let's talk about that because yeah. this year is getting promoted to partner in what in what world? None. <laughs> Not this one. Sixth year, you're, like, getting rolled onto board so they can prepare you for potentially maybe being partner. <laughs> I don't, did you, did you know how many years partner track was at, at your firm? I think it's nine to twelve. I think it was nine for us as well. Especially, I think, like, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is supposed to be, like, 
the big firm in New York that they're at. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at those firms, it takes even longer. Mm -hmm. Just so much of it just literally made absolutely no sense. And I mean, like the events and shit like that, I'd say all those things are like pretty accurate. Like you do go to events and you do get invited to galas. Like even us, like we will go to things to like fill the table for our firm and like shit like that. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. And that's fairly typical, but it was just so weird. Like watching that show was just like so bizarre. And I'm like, this girl is busting her ass, like pulling all fucking nighters, doing all this weird ass shit. I was like, for nothing. No. No. <laughs> yeah. I I actually think that if I hadn't worked in big law for a summer, I would have thought all of those galas and balls and everything was just fluff that they were adding into a TV show. But like, bro, like attorneys really go to that shit. Mm-hmm. They really do. <laughs> that was mind blowing to me. They're sitting on like boards of hospitals, boards of nonprofits, boards of schools. Like mm-hmm. attorneys are so involved. Like it's actually nuts. I mean, I do understand because once you're a partner, so much of your time is taken up in like being involved in the community and like bringing in clients and like that just helps with with that aspect of being a partner. Um, And you're not so much like (laughs) churning out legal memos. Um, But like, yeah, like I I fully would have thought that was made up, but no. No, this is probably the most accurate part of the show. (laughs) Also, the characters were mad stereotypical. Like, for sure. So fucking stereotype to a T. Like, the perfect Asian daughter, the, like, angry black man. Like, come on. I know. Come on. That shit pissed me off. (laughs) It was real bad. It was real bad. Um, I think that it does some things well, though. I think, obviously, the main thing it's getting at is the lack of diversity in these law firms, Mm -hmm. right? Basically forcing diverse attorneys to speak very highly of your firm's diversity efforts, even when they are shit. Yep. Accurate. (laughs) Um, When you're honest. Yes. Uh, Non-Black people of color throwing Black people under the bus. Accurate. Yep. Um. Attorneys being annoying, awful people. Somewhat accurate. You can find those everywhere. No, no, no. I really, I liked the attorneys at my firm. <laughs> I didn't think that they were annoying, awful people. But <laughs> I do think that, you know, they're not. There are, some, there are some worrisome people who get involved in the legal field. Anyways, um, any other any other commentary about Partner Track? No, I think it just really pissed me off. <laughs> the only other commentary I have about partner track is that um, the British dude, Murphy, if you ever go back and watch an episode, he is just trying to be Chuck Bass. Like the way he talks, the way he moves, the way he looks at the camera, like he's trying Ugh. to be Chuck Bass so bad. He, they really should have cast somebody else because one, he's ugly. Two, he's not convincing. 
But maybe I just have a bias against blondes. I don't know. I also have a bias against blondes. So that's... <laughs> yeah, What I'm, I'm very confused as to... Um, why that one guy wasn't i forget all of the characters names now why that one guy who is like the client like the energy dude like why wasn't he yeah why wasn't he a bigger love interest he, <laughs> that's what i was thinking because i'm like the chemistry the chemistry is fine <laughs> so fine him over any other man in that channel. the one episode where they were beefing and she was like trying to get him in i was Mm. that was giving fanfic but in a good way in a way that needed to happen but ah, god damn it something that just really confused me about partner track is murphy's character is supposed to have grown up poor right right and he's playing the part of this like wealthy person like he's trying to put on a front of having always been wealthy Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of people do. Like, I, I, I genuinely think that a lot of people do that. But then we get, like, absolutely no critical content in the show at all about, like, how growing up poor has impacted him in the legal field. Right. Because to have actually grown up poor and in the situation that he supposedly did in this show and make it to where he is is, like very much uncommon first of all from another country coming here to work in new york like there's a lot going on there's like, so much they going just on. never explain it they could have made his character so much more interesting yeah Instead, he's just like mega boring chuck bass mega well, boring mega ugly chuck bass at least chuck bass was canonically bi <laughs> he had a few things going for him Uh, i'm gonna have to edit out this entire (laughs) (laughs) but something that the tangent produced was uh talking about fucking your co-workers um which is another thing that partner track loves yep um -hmm. don't do that don't do that no specifically do not fuck your paralegal and lie about it to hr no don't do that don't do it no just don't even don't even meddle in like the situations like just leave it alone you guys there are other people that you can date outside of the legal field okay maybe that does happen like maybe it does happen in law firms i don't i don't doubt that people are hooking up with each other at law firms um but I don't know. Don't do it in your boss's office. Like security cameras are a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, that's just like gross. Yeah, very. Like, I'm, I'm very against all that stuff. So just like don't. Just gross. Also, if you're an adult, you have self-control. Please be real. Right. Right. Not only are you hooking up with a coworker. You're hooking up with a coworker in your boss's office while you're in a committed relationship to someone else. She was risking it for literally no biscuits. <laughs> she did not receive one biscuit, not a one. I think my biggest issue with it, and I get it, like 
narrators are unreliable. Like you're not supposed to like all of the characters in a show, blah, 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 whatever. I'm not going to root for her. I think she's a bad person. She was a bad person. (laughs) She was so demeaning towards paralegals. Like she was, you know, she was not protecting her friends who were people of color at the firm. She was hyper competitive. She was screwing people over and she was cheating on her boyfriend. She's a big fat liar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't like her. She was very unlikable. I feel like we have to watch season two though. Yeah, we probably do. Okay. What TV show or movie do you think has the most accurate representation of the legal field? Accurate? Yeah. I feel like it has to be something that has a lawyer as like a side character. Like, I really don't think any show that's like based around lawyers that I've seen is like, oh yeah, like this makes sense. For a character, I think I would have to say Molly from Insecure. But I don't think there's a show where I would be like, this is extremely accurate. Have you seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Mm-mm. You have to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Let me give you the premise of the show. Okay. It's, um, it's either Harvard or Yale Law um, graduate working in big law in New York. First episode is her getting promoted to partner. She has an absolute life crisis and has a panic attack, leaves the firm and runs into her teenage summer camp boyfriend. Oh, and wow. Has to move across the country from New York to West Covina, California um, to like pursue him. And it is just like, there's a lot of really accurate representation of um, mental health issues and big law. And then there's just a lot of like small, really accurate things. For example, like it took her the proper amount of time to become a partner (laughs) or um, the law firm she joins in West Covina is like all of the lawyers are incredibly messy and like accurate. They're paralegal is like the backbone of everything and then decides to go to law school very late in life, which is very Mm -hmm. accurate. Yeah. Um, It also is like very famously has um, an arc about one of the characters who was an attorney quitting to pursue his like passion. Um, And he sings a song called Don't Be a Lawyer. And it is, I'm I'm serious, this TV show it's a musical TV show. <laughs> oh, really? Like every episode has songs? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a musical TV show. It is, the songs are written by um, Adam Schlesinger, who is like a, a very, very famous um, pop punk songwriter from the early 2000s. So it's like, it's a bizarre show. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. That's it's, shit. It's a very good show. And I think it is the only, the only good representation of being a lawyer. Because I don't think that her being a lawyer is central to the actual show. So other than TV shows and movies, we get a lot of representation of lawyers on social media. Mm -hmm. 
And I know we both feel some type of way about that. Yeah, we have complicated <laughs> feelings regarding that. I've got such complicated feelings. It's hard because, you know, nobody's perfect. We all got to work at But some people, <laughs> some attorneys, it, I mean, I would say it's usually attorneys, just do things that you're just really not supposed to do, that you learned in law school that you're really not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And they're online doing that. Don't love that because obviously that makes the profession look uh, even worse. Right. And I would say I'm particularly referring to when people share lots of details about cases that they've had worked on or include too much stuff about their clients, which I don't really think that's appropriate for the internet. And yeah. uh, it's just concerning to me. Like, there's felt- a lot of concerning things online. I've got a lot of issues with um, the lack of confidentiality (laughs) in a lot of attorneys who post on TikTok. Um, I've also got like, this is like a very bizarre issue that I think really only comes up when it comes to private defense attorneys who are working in like small firms is they just go online and mock their clients mm-hmm. and it really really rubs me the wrong way as someone working in criminal defense because yes a lot of the time you're working with clients who are very mentally ill you're working with clients who have i mean the the amount of clients i have that only have an eighth grade education would surprise anyone um I've had illiterate clients, like I have clients who can't read and write. So when I see attorneys get online and just like mock their clients for being stupid, it really like they catch a block instantly. Yeah, it's just extremely inappropriate. And what's also scary is if that's what people are comfortable putting online, what are they comfortable saying to people that they know in real life? Exactly. I just feel like it's a hundred times worse. Right. It's so unnecessary. And I get that it's what gets views. Like it is. We cannot doubt that. The the messy scenarios that attorneys deal with, they're entertaining. Like you can't you can't discredit that. They are entertaining. So to me, it's like you're putting getting views above being a good attorney to your client. Mm-hmm. Entertainment at what cost? Like, right. It's gross. Yeah. I think it also is one of those things that has, has made me realize why some of the negative stereotypes about attorneys exist because people do things like that. Attorneys we'll do things like that, whatever, post that stuff online. And it feels like it just is furthering that gap between people who have what is considered like a really elite career compared to everybody else who's just considered like a person in society. And it's like, attorneys are just people in society. Like, I truly don't think there's anything that attorneys do or law students do or anybody sitting in our position that is done that make us any better than anybody else. 
Like there just isn't anything about us that makes us better than anybody else or any of the people that we work with to help. It just, there's nothing that makes us any different. No, absolutely. Like something I find super interesting looking at the analytics for this podcast versus my analytics on TikTok is that the audience for this podcast is a lot older than my audience on TikTok. Like we very, we, we very strongly are in like that mid twenties listeners on, on this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, some people might think that's overthinking things. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. I've been told I'm paranoid because I do stuff like that. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's smart. Right. Like there are things I can. Tough. The takeaway from this is um, we have been too hard on suits probably. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone needs to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And. um, Look through who you follow on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't see me or Soph in their comments, start asking yourself some questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all for this week's episode of The In-Laws. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The In-Laws Pod. We post these full-length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to follow the podcast and rate it through whichever streaming service you're listening on. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.